Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Alrighty, here we go. Shelter Footycast live from Backchat Studios. We are here. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield. We're going to take you through a round 12 preview on this Thursday. Uh, g'day, Skeet. How are you? Scoey going brilliantly. Of course, not as many games as normal because the buyers are starting to take effect. But yeah, a bit to get our teeth into uh, on what's been another big week in footy. It has. It's a huge week of footy coming up. If we look at some of the matchups coming, I think it's going to be a great week of watching. That's the Southern River Band playing in the background there. The lads out of Thornley. Very, very good stuff. I'd love to see Skeet and his Julius Marlowe's and the slacks down in the front row of the mosh pit at the Southern River Band. How'd you go down there, do you reckon? Oh, I'm a man of the people. That's how I would oh, describe I myself. Uh, I can yeah. mix with the, the high flyers and also uh, with others. So I know I'm very comfortable just mixing and matching uh, Skeet. I'm not sure you could do that as well, but I, I think I'm quite comfortable being able to adapt. <laughs> very good, Skeet. The man of the people. It's a West Australian theme if you are just getting here. If you just found us newly here on the Shelter Footy Cast, we'll go through the Eagles, the Dockers, usually all other seven matchups, but we're going to do the other four matchups with the buy coming up. You can find us on socials, Shelter Footy Cast. You can find us on YouTube, YouTube Shelter Footy Cast or Backchat. You'll find us there. Maybe you could you could actually search for Man of the People and Mark Redding's head will just pop up on YouTube right there. Yeah, This is all thanks to Shelter Scheme. We love Shelter and of course this uh, magnificent fridge which hasn't been opened since we've started this uh, footy cast, but it's going to end up at some stage during the course of the year, perhaps around September when we get close to that spring in the air feeling, we'll just, might just crack one open first thing. Very good. It'll be a good start to the morning. We do record this in the morning. I'm not going to pretend that it's night time, so that's why we're not having one. If it was night time, I think we'd crack a couple, but yeah. just wanted to keep it under wraps for the rest of the day. Yeah, but good product, by the way. I love it. Very good. Uh, there's a little event happening on Friday, this Friday, the uh, 3rd of June, 5pm at the Wembley. It's a beer release. Shelter times the Wembley uh, Hotel switch pack IP switch back IPL can you go on? Have a laugh. Go well, to no, you, well, you, switch back IPL. I'm just laughing after about four of those. I'd like you to try and repeat that uh, <laughs> three times in a row, Scully. But uh, switch back IPL is a new product, which you're going to get a piece of that, I'm sure, on you, Friday. You, you coming down? Can't get there Friday. I've got some radio commits to call a game of footy between the Bulldogs and Geelong, which I've been given a late call up, but uh, I'm a bit 
Antsy about that because I'd rather be having one with you. Well, it's official. Mark Redding's credit card will be on the bar <laughs> on Friday night. We'll see you there. The Back Chat crew will be down there, as will the boys from Shelter. Uh, it'll be great to see you there. There's free entry, meat raffles. Uh, anyone can come down. It'll be good to see you there. And we can maybe listen to Skeet calling the footy uh, over the radio or something. Yeah, Torre Butchers, of course. Uh, love the meat raffles. It's the old style uh, down the pub on a Friday. And uh, get amongst it. Great spot, the Wembley. Been there a few weeks ago. It's a ripping spot to watch the footy and have a drink. Very good. So let's get into it. Uh, the big moment of the uh, this week has been the mid-season draft. So I'll throw something at you. Um, maybe we can have a little bit of a review of the mid-season draft. But after that, I want to talk about whether we should be having this mid-season draft and whether or not we want a trade period instead. I've got some views on that. But a bit of a review from last night's mid-season draft. West Coast and Frio take a player each. Jai Cully, we spoke to him on the radio last night. Yeah, 193 centimetres, a goal-kicking mid, as he's been described by the Dandenong Stingrays. And he's a, we spoke to him, he's a very down-to-earth, uh, knockabout sort of Ocker fellow who works with a charcoal chicken over there in uh, in Victoria. But he's coming across with the aim to, to get a game of footy. Um, and it, in many ways, it's it's great for a club like the Eagles who are going through a really difficult time. It's a bit of a good news story. Haven't had too many of those going yeah. in the past three months. So he comes across with uh, good raps because there were a lot of people suggesting he'd be taken in the national draft in any case. So Maybe a, maybe a top tenner. So they get early access to that. Do you think he comes in and has the opportunity to make an impact immediately? Can I be honest? I haven't yeah. seen him play. Yeah. So I don't know. But obviously if he's been taken as the number one pick, albeit it's not like the, the end of season draft where you're talking about you know, elite uh, teenagers that are looking to you know, justify the, uh, the number one selection or number two selection. This is... The guarantees aren't aren't high here with with the players you select. I think you've got to be honest there. But it's it's a, a nice chance for West Coast to to build their list through the midfield and and they had one selection that they used. They passed on another. So did Fremantle. Had two but passed on one. And their pickup was a great story. Speaking of footy um, stories that you know warm the heart, Sebet Kuek, who is uh, originally he's got Sudanese parents, but born in a Kenyan refugee camp, came out to Australia then to Perth, obviously, product of the Ellenbrook Junior Football Club. And he's now developing in the WAFL, as it turns out, into a really athletic, exciting forward in the competition. You've seen him play, haven't you? I haven't seen uh, him play. What sort of... He can jump. He can jump really well. He's got that athleticism. Has got no weight on him in terms of bulk or size, but that's not to be unexpected, I mean, given his background, given what he does out on the footy field. But he's got that excitement factor. I think he's kicked 15 goals in six games okay. for East Perth. So he can play. So he can play. And, and he's been – some of the highlights I looked at last night, terrific. But one of the most exciting moments, one of the, the feel-good moments of the past 24 hours was at East Perth training last night. All the coaches held back the news that uh, Seb had been picked up and then they told the playing group, and he's obviously a popular character because yeah. they came from everywhere, every squad member, and just mobbed this young bloke. It was really good vision. If you get the chance to have a look, uh, East Perth did a terrific job just uh, getting that uh, filmed, getting his reaction, even though you couldn't see him because he was swamped. It was a really nice touch. Uh, 
I've got to say, being around footy clubs for a long time, that doesn't happen unless he's a very, really popular guy. Like, someone gets picked up and, you know, he's not one of the lads. They give him a pat on the back and a shake in the hand. But it was genuine scenes down at East Perth last night. I saw it. It was great to watch. A couple of other notables around the league. Uh, Callan Dawson goes number two to North Melbourne. He's a key defender. I think he's got the opportunity to make an impact. Wade Dirksen from Peel Thunder goes to GWS. He goes to a club that uh, they're... they're they're Darth of, of key position prospects. They've got Jesse Hogan and Harry Himmelberg, but I think he can fit into a GWS side. He's played for Peel. You've seen him play. Can play as well. He's a key position, contested marking player. Absolutely. I uh, saw him kick, I think, three or four goals against West Perth earlier this season. So he's got something, and it's great for him. But you also wonder, Peel Thunder having dragged him down from the Northern Territory to play some footy with, of course, the Dockers having their eye on him. Uh, look, he gets his chance, which is what he was eventually hoping for. But Peel Thunder, you, you feel for a bit for them, a bit for East Fremantle, those clubs that have been affected. But this is the new way of going about AFL slash footy in, in 2022. Bryn Tickle, you speak of at East Fremantle, he goes to Port Adelaide as a ruckman, and I think he's got an opportunity to impact there. And Sam Durden at Carlton, a former first-round draft pick, a top-20 draft pick at North Melbourne. He plays 21 games there a few years ago. Goes back to the VFL, plays well. He's a He's a key defender. I think he's got a chance to debut as early as the first game Carlton plays. So they've got the bye this week. Next week, he could come straight back in. They've lost uh, a Weedering. There's no Marchbank. There's no Mitch McGovern. They lost Liam Jones at the start of the year. They don't have a key defender. So I think he's got a real opportunity to uh, impact immediately. Just very quickly, on the draft v. trade issue... Because of a, a guy like Bryn Tickle and a guy like Wade Dirksen, these these waffle clubs are developing these players. Um, it's all good and well to lose them at the start of the year, but East Freo, of course, Luke, uh, lose Luke Stranatica, another ruckman at the start of the year, Hugh Dixon, um, sort of. Yep. Uh, these these clubs get $10,000 in mid-season draft when they lose these players. $10,000 does nothing for them in the middle of the year. East Frio sit on top of the ladder in the waffle. They get a $10,000 payment. You can't go and buy another player because they're all playing for other clubs. So exactly. It's it, a difficult situation and 10000 it might just enhance the bottom line. But in terms of what you're trying to achieve, and East Fremantle have been in the doldrums for a long, long time. So uh, they're top of the table, despite what you just mentioned with those player losses and Tom Joyce, um, Stranatica, uh, Dixon, and now Tickle, it's going to test Billy Monaghan. But I think if they've got the process right and they've got the, the, the squad mentality, that it'll still work out for them. You're right. The compensation seems a bit skinny. Uh, one other name I'd like to throw in there, Will Hayes is going yes. to Carlton, the last pick, last live pick in the draft. Now, most morning, he's up at 315 <laughs> Uh, doing track work at Flemington uh, as part of the Lindsay Park operations there, the Hayes uh, Consortium. So it's an interesting career change or life-changing moment for him going from that to to going to a footy club at, say, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. It's a sleep-in. It's a sleep-in, but it's also, it's huge. And look, you'd never deny anyone advancing in their careers, which is what this is. But the process behind it, and you mentioned the Waffle Club's compensation, that is one that I think needs to be examined a bit closer. Uh, Finally, I think this should be a trade period. I think it should be a mid-season trade period, not a draft period, because we need to let the state leagues develop their players. We're completely gutting the state league of the best players. Clubs are just using it as early access, like West Coast have done with Jai Cully, to top 10 picks for next year. So let them develop, let them play in the junior leagues, and 
make a trade period. If, if clubs are going really well on the injury front, let them trade. Let them trade for picks. Let them trade for players. That's how you fill the injury spots. All right, we're going to move on. West Coast v uh, West Coast and Fremantle previews. Uh, big part of this show, show on the Shelter Footy Cast. Let's go to Frio first. A big, big game. Another big game for Frio. They play Brisbane at Optus Stadium, 3.20 on Sunday. Second v third on the ladder. How do you see this one playing out? Well, it's an interesting game is because Brisbane, their attacking weapons are so well-known and Fremantle's defensive capabilities make them the best in the competition in that department. They're number one at each end. So number one scoring offence in Brisbane, number one defence in uh, Fremantle. What wins out, though? Does, it, does a better defence beat a better offence or is it the other way around? Well, I think historically, particularly the back end of the season, you'd rather have a, a better defence. That That's mm. defence wins matches in tight, Contest, you'd rather have a better team that can defend as opposed to maybe score and go missing. We saw that even going back 20, 30 years ago. Geelong going back in the early 90s had the best defensive team going around. Yeah. But the West Coast Eagles had the best defensive group, and that's what happened going back all those years. But yeah, it's a lovely matchup between the two. And Brisbane sort of come across, not under the radar, but given what Fremantle achieved last week. The bandwagon's full again. You haven't left the band, never did, but I have to say that there's there's the flag mantles come out again and there's all sorts of talk. Really good win. I suppose backing it up against a quality team is going to be the next test. Uh, there's always a seat on the train and the bus for you, mate. You can, you know, I know you've been lagging along. You caught an Uber to try and catch up at the bus stop and then trying to get on the next train stop. <laughs> mate, there is available seats, but they are filling up quick. That is right. Flag Mantle's back. Some, some, uh, I guess, some lists and, and selection news. Uh, Hugh McCluggage will probably return for Brisbane. He needs to get through training today. And uh, Nat Fife, he returns via the waffle. We won't see him at AFL level. Josh Tracy, uh, he kicked three goals in the waffle, so he's an option to replace Tabiner if Tabiner doesn't get up. But we're thinking Tabiner probably plays. And if he doesn't, I saw Josh last week against Claremont down in Peel. Couldn't take a mark to save himself in the first half, but he was getting his hands on it, just couldn't quite clunk them. In the second half, uh, he was getting a bit better service, took a couple of marks, but he's kicking from long range. He's got probably, dare I say it, the best set uh, routine I've seen at Fremantle by you know he's a very good set shot from long range has a beautiful technique kicked three goals from from um, forty plus meters and he's got that physical presence that I think you're waiting for him to take that next step in his career and and hopefully that comes sooner rather than later even better than Fifey's. Is set shot routine? Oh, come on, cheap shot. Um, I, I played with him in his first waffle game against Claremont as well. He kicked five goals in the first quarter. Uh, he had four contested That's marks. Right. So I, so I just the moment I saw that I was playing in the game. I just said, "This kid is a star." Play him every week. Look, he hasn't he hasn't, hasn't reached the consistency that's required at AFL level, but that's okay. He's a young he's a young developing key forward. They've got a good one in Josh Tracy, and whether he plays or not this weekend, who knows? Uh, the, the last bit I wanted to touch on was Lockie Neal to face his old side. He's missed the last couple of uh, chances to play against Fremantle. There's no lasting ill effects, Fremantle Brisbane. I mean that no. happened that happened long enough for him to win a brown though at Brisbane and continue along his merry way. No, I mean that, I mean you think of it like players swapping clubs, and we still have this notion that um, if Chris Judd when he went from West Coast to Carlton <laughs> that we boom when he comes back. Um, when players change clubs nowadays, we shouldn't be go back to the 1970s and 1980s. I mean NRL clubs. 
they already know who's playing. Adam Reynolds knew uh, in the grand final he's playing for the Brisbane Broncos this year after uh, lining up for goal for South Sydney to try and win the premiership. So uh, we're a little bit behind in that sense. So no, no ill feeling towards Lockie Neal. But what we will have to look out for is that the job that the Dockers did after, in the second half on, on Oliver mm. at the MCG last week, Clayton Oliver, by James Aish in this case, will they do the same for Lockie Neal who picked up 39 touches against the Giants last week? We know he's going to get 30-plus, but you try to really rein that in as opposed to, well, he's going to get it anyway. They should. Um, teams don't do it anymore. We spoke about it on Monday, but they don't do it. They should. Lockie Neal's their best player. If you shut down Lockie Neal, they have to beat you with their other players. Now, they've got other players. They've got Zorko. They've got McCluggage potentially returning this week. Uh, they've got other guys, Lions. They've got other guys getting beat you, but... If you get beaten by what you know, it was a Ross Lyon thing. Don't get beaten by what you know, right? So make sure you prepare. Make sure you try and take the best out of the opposition. I think they should, but I don't think they will. Uh, all right, let's go on to oh, who wins. I've actually tipped the Lions here, which, oh. which I know will go against the grain, against oh. everything you are believing at the moment. But I tipped the Brisbane Lions to win the premiership, so I have to stay true to them at this point. Their form's been a little bit iffy. They, they got jumped by the Giants. The Hawks beat them. Uh, Adelaide, they were so-so for a bit. So they're not in great, great form. But okay. I just think their goal-kicking potential is pretty good. Okay, I'll go Fremantle just to take you on, mate. But I do, I'm do. i a bit more worried about Brisbane than I was Melbourne last week. I know that's weird, but I think Brisbane's going to be up for the fight. Eagles v Adelaide, Saturday, 11.45 am Adelaide Oval. It's going to be an early one here on Saturday for Eagles fans. Uh, it's a big game for West Coast. I know, I know that's hard to say, but... They've got an opportunity to beat a side. They haven't done that since Collingwood. Um, they've won one game. That Adelaide's not flying. They're at home. West Coast have traditionally played well at Adelaide Oval. I think they'll like the opportunity to get out of uh, Perth right now. They've been under the pump a lot. How do you see this one playing out? Well, I've got to be honest with you. West Coast, North Melbourne, where they sit, I think five or six goals at least behind the rest of the competition. Yeah. So that that's unfortunately where it sits. Uh, Adelaide, they get Tex Walker back into the side, of course, from health and safety protocols. He's had a pretty good season, 32 years of age. He's still a, a power forward in this competition. So, look, Adelaide, after showing some signs during the year, but they're, they're on a rebuild, but they certainly aren't heading north steeply, but they're, they're showing enough for me to sense that they'll they'll take care of the Eagles. Uh, there's been some murmurings this week that Taylor Walker could potentially be on the market. Uh, potentially, again, for a Western Australian team, not West Coast, the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, do, I, I don't know if I see that as a good move for the Fremantle Dockers, taking on a Taylor Walker. It goes against how they've built the list over the last five years. Going, you know, they've they've made some mistakes in the past with key forwards, especially uh, McCarthy, Jesse Hogan, to name a couple. I think Taylor Walker. Not saying that he's like those players or anything like that, but I think that could, you know, you'd have to give something to get something there, and I don't think that's the right move for the Freo Dockers. Not sure they'd have to give up too much, given he's uh, he's out of contract, captain of the club, uh, but he's no, no longer captain. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Don't know. Not, I don't know. I, I look, I've been a great player, but I agree with you. I wouldn't be jumping into into Tex Walker despite what the likes of Paul Hazelby and others are saying. I don't don't see that as being a necessity for them to take the next step. Uh, he's been great for, for Adelaide. He wants to stay there. I don't see the reason to get him, particularly if, you, you know, if you've invested in Joy Amos. He's out for the rest of the season primarily. You've still got a tab and a lob mate might be the one that actually disappears at the end of this season. I think he's more likely to go 
and therefore they may need to replace that though, right? That that's true, but yeah, that's a, that's for later days. West Coast Adelaide back on that game. Shannon Hearn should return from a calf. Jeremy McGovern's under a cloud with a back, but I think he plays. Uh, Hugh Dixon was quite good in the waffle this week. Kicked three goals. I've I've really liked Hugh Dixon at AFL level. Paddy Nash was back there as well. Played a first half, had twenty one touches in a half, and then had to come to Optus Stadium to be the medical sub. That 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 identifies still. The West Coast Eagles are still in an injury crisis. Yes, they have Elliot Yo, Dom Sheed come back in the waffle, but they're not playing this week. They, they still are struggling to get a team on the park. They, re- they really are. There's been a lot of talk this week about the excuses are over. I don't think they are. I don't think because we're midway through the year, or okay, we stop giving West Coast a pass. They've still got a shocking injury list. You look at some teams around the comp, and they've, they're lucky to have two or three players out. West Coast have got 15 blokes on their injury list still. They don't have a full team to pick from. That's why they are six goals behind the rest of the competition. And um, if we go to who's going to win this and why, I think Adelaide win it and why. West Coast just don't have the cattle. And you can say what you like about premiership players being on the, on the list still and you know, playing. They haven't played enough footy together. They're not fit enough, and, and they're not going to get a win. I pick where I pick the Adelaide Crows. Yeah, well surmised, and you're right. Uh, and I guess the question at some point is the injuries that the Eagles have. Is there anything to do with their strength and conditioning? Is there something that can be pinpointed, or this is just a cumulative? A batch of bad luck. Oh, well, I, I'd find it hard to believe it's strength and conditioning, given that it's the same team that's had that's been there for the last ten years. Effectively, there's not too many new names in that side of the building. I know that for a fact. You don't forget how to prepare a team. Um, so just bad luck for the oh, whole season. Absolutely, the yeah. worst the worst luck that they've had. Well, since it, you've been at the club, I don't think after. they've changed much in that department. So, uh, t- to me, that says that's not where the trouble lies. But anyway, that's it. We both pick Adelaide. True. Uh, I take Freo. So I take Freo. You take, you take Brisbane. I've taken Brisbane. I've okay. taken the hard option. You've taken the favourites. There we go. You are on the Shelter Footy Cast. Dan's getting a bit, little bit trigger happy on the music there. I know we like the Southern River Boys, but I just wanted to get my nice credit in for the Shelter Footy Cast. Absolutely, the beers there. Let's go through the rest of the matchups. There's not many because of the buy rounds. Bulldogs v Geelong Friday night. Going to be a cracking out. There's, there's a few of these this week. I think Freo Brisbane's a great game, but Bulldogs v Geelong five fifty here in Perth. Um, Gary Rowan, uh, Reece Stanley potentially returning for Geelong. They may get some numbers back, and Bailey Smith returns for the Western Bulldogs. What about this game? I think it's a cracking matchup. Absolutely. And you just sense under the roof it's going to be a, a game between the Bulldogs and their their run and carry in the midfield, which we saw at close quarters at Optus Stadium against the Eagles. That's 16 individual goal kickers. So they are... Does that equal the all-time It has to be closer, doesn't it? Uh, Bailey Smith is massive because he is a gun. He uh, had illness last week, but if he returns anywhere near his best, I think they can really stretch Geelong. I think Aaron Norton... Outstanding. I like Wakeman in attack. He just gives them that yeah. that zip and, and that little uh, small forward feel. Um, we know that uh, Jamara Eugle Hagen kicked six in the VFL. He's just just building towards hopefully something substantial in the near future. But they, they've been able to buy their time with him. Yeah, they have. I mean, he's a number one draft pick. Um, you know, uh, due to some con- concessions and that sort of stuff. And he was. Uh, I guess there's always a lot of pressure on number one draft picks, right? They, they get that that tag that they're meant to be something potentially more than they are. So he's going to take time to develop. Yeah, he kicks six goals in the VFL, but he doesn't return. I think um, Western Bulldogs at Marvel are a much better outcome for them than going down to Cadinia Park and down the well, highway. Well, it changes your selection. Absolutely. No question. I mean, they are a team that play 
that fast ground really well. They're still not playing their best footy, no. but what we saw last weekend against the Eagles, I mean, bear in mind the opposition that was put up in the second half, but uh, they've got a lot of the pieces that can really trouble sides, including Geelong this season. Heard Joel Selwood uh, only 24 hours ago, let's say he might play on next year. Paddy Dangerfield's being kept in cotton wool, so uh, they've got some quality there, particularly Cameron and Hawkins in attack. So you know Geelong is going to be able to, you think, and they've won back-to-back matches for the first time, I think, for a long time, uh, having uh, won last weekend. So they're still a good side. I know you've you put the age bracket on them and they're, they're gone for as contenders this year, but they're still a team to be reckoned with at their best. Uh, the return of Reece Stanley is important. Coming up against probably the, you know, he missed some time, but Tim English. Massive. I, I think he's the best ruckman in the comp. Jared Witts is in that conversation as well. I know you don't like that one. I, no, I no, 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 hang on a second. I just want to you back did. up the truck. You're saying Tim English is ahead of Max Gorn. Absolutely. That, and, and, and Jared Witts is. Max Gorn does what he does, mate, but he's playing in a very good team, very good team in Melbourne. And he, and he plonks himself behind the ball and he gets his marks. But I don't think Max is having the best, his best year that he's had in the AFL at the moment. I think Tim English is. He's, he's outstanding. He hasn't played like, for five weeks. It was his first game back. Outstanding. Hasn't played for a month, Joey. I mean, how can he be playing your best footy when you're either ill or you're injured? We love the West Australian boys here <laughs> on the Shelter Footy cast. He's bloody beautiful. And that hair, that hair, we should be both jealous exactly. about, about that. Uh, who wins this? I've gone for the Western Bulldogs. Yep. I'm, I'm matching you with that. I think the Bulldogs win in a close one. Gold Coast v North, TIO Stadium. They're in the Northern Territory. Yeah, so do the Suns fly back to the Gold Coast or they stay there for the week? That's a question I don't know the answer to. I, they would have had to have stayed there. You can't be flying back for three days, can you? And Darwin to the Gold Coast is no uh, correct. No Melbourne-Sydney type scenario. So yeah, TIO Stadium. It's a look, day game. It's not a night Usually a night game when they're in the Northern Territory. So it's Dewey. Yeah, it should be a bit drier. Yes, but either way, whatever we saw last week against Hawthorne, the Gold Coast Suns will feel pretty comfortable going back to that same venue. Uh, We know that uh, they're unlikely to make too many changes, and they take on a north side, which, as we said, pretty similar to what's occurring at the Eagles. Their form levels are are poor, their their skill is down, they've got some injuries still to contend with. Cam Zerhar is one of their best players, and he's out. Uh, he's out with a hot spot in the foot, which is long term. Oscar Allen is, uh, ring, rings bells there. That's what that is. It's a stress fracture in the foot. So I wouldn't be too confident with that. Gold Coast won't make any changes after that Hawthorne game. They were outstanding. They've had a great month of footy, the Gold Coast Suns, and they're really challenging to play finals. To wrap this one up pretty quickly, I think they beat North and beat them well. Yeah, they win by seven-plus goals. I mean, if you're going to be considered a top-eight contender, although it's going to be tough to break in, the Suns have to beat North convincingly up there. I think they will. Could be a 10-11 goal victory if they get themselves rolling. That's a big win. Big win. Well, considering what North's average losing margin is, it's about regulation. Very good. Melbourne v Sydney, MCG, 5.25. Another big game this weekend. Melbourne-Sydney, again, I think Sydney's really challenging for that top-four spot. This is another great matchup. And after I do the waffle on Saturday, uh, the Nat Fife return game, I might just get home. I'll be with you on that, by the way. You will indeed. Yes. Uh, hopefully, dress a little more, um, a little bit more eloquently. A than little you bit are more like Mark Reddings. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you've got everything, even the slippers on. Bit of Hugh Hefner look this, this morning here <laughs> on this. Hugh Hefner and Mark Reddings. <laughs> uh, just going back to Saturday afternoon, getting at home about five fifteen, five twenty. I've told the wife. I want to sit down and watch the footy and have a shelter and maybe a, a dark drink after that uh, just to get me through the night. But I'm looking forward to this one, Melbourne, Sydney. And but just because Melbourne's lost one 
doesn't automatically mean, in my mind, after winning 17 straight, that they're guaranteed to bounce back and just blow Sydney out of the water. Mm. Some teams that have been up for a, for a long time, they have that little drop. Cooling off period. Yeah, it, it might not just be an automatic bounce back. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's a good call. I mean, people have been sort of saying last week, Melbourne were missing some players. Ed Langdon missed, who's a very important part in that team. Uh, Stephen May gets injured in the first quarter. Uh, they're missing Tom McDonald. Those guys will ret- return, not Stephen May. He'll be replaced by uh, Adam Tomlinson. He's been playing very well in the VFL. Tom McDonald comes back. He's an important part in the forward line. And Ed Lang- Langdon returns as well. And Christian Sla- Salem. Good player. He, he's been out for a long time. People forget how good he is and how important he is to Melbourne. He returns this week. So to answer your question, I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily a very quick bounce back. It's going to be a bloody bloody good game. I think Melbourne, I would have picked Sydney with Lance Franklin, but he's of course out for a open-handed palm. Well, it was deemed a strike and obviously Trent Cotchin was accused of a bit of Logie award action. In the actual tribunal, uh, Lance Franklin's lawyer said Trent Cotchin may be awarded a Logie for his actions out in the field. Yeah, not, not bad material. It's a fair uh, fair sledge for, for Trent Cotchin. End of the day, Buddy deserved a week. I mean, if, if Switkowski's getting two for the, the chicken wing, which is a different different action. Yeah, but it's the optics. It's probably uh, it's similar. Optics. Yes. It's optics. Yeah. And, and look, Switkowski didn't injure the bloke, nor did, nor did Buddy. Yep. Uh, anyway, all of the above, you just can't have that look. And, and as Buddy said he would never strike Trent Cotchin high. Well... The optics were that he did, and then it, what, what, the force is is arguable, but I don't think anyone. It's like Donald Trump saying he would, you know, he won the election. Yeah, well, well, you, well you didn't. So unfortunately, uh, how, how's went. Buddy? He, he couldn't hold the tribunal on the night reserved normally, which is a Tuesday, because his lawyer was unavailable. I'm not sure if he was uh, part of the the Johnny. Depp, Amber Heard case, and just had to fly across back to the... Have you been following along with that, have you escaped? I have. Johnny Depp's had a little result there. $15 million Amber owes him. So, interesting. I uh, don't know the ins and outs, just following it from afar, but uh, given I've got daughters who follow social media and a wife that's very much more interested than, than that than, than what we talk about, then, uh, yeah, I'm across some of that. Well, I'm sure she tuned into the Shelter Footy cast now. There's the update on the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp situation. <laughs> who are we tipping, by the way? Melbourne. Yeah, I think the Ds. Um, I'd love to pick Sydney. I really... I'm very... I think I think their form against Melbourne. Hey. I'm going to go Sydney. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. There we go. Yeah. Right. Take a risk. I love it. That, that's nice. So Sydney to beat Melbourne at the MCG. Tom Hickey, by the way, could return. If he does, that's uh, one to put in your back pocket as a, as a plus. Okay. All right. I'm a bit scared about that, but let's do it. <laughs> Hawthorne v Collingwood. And I think another big game. Like, they're, they're two very, um, you know, strong sides competing for that Probably bottom two spots in the eight or, or, you know, seven, eight, somewhere there. Not saying Hawthorne. I don't think Hawthorne's inconsistency for me, not enough to suggest that they're top eight contenders. They haven't had a Ruckman scheme. No, no, but that's... They have not had a Ruckman. They played Frost in the Ruck last week and he misses this week. They could get some returns in that area. Max Lynch, potential to return. Ned Reeves, who hurt his shoulder a month ago, he could return. That's a big part of your team. They were able to win without one, but they get one back to play against Darcy Cameron, a WA boy who plays for Collingwood, who's playing in the ruck instead of Brody Grundy. Oh, you might want to write them off. But no, no, I'm not writing them off. I think they're a chance in this game because Collingwood, as good as they were against, say, the Dockers a couple of weeks ago, Carlton, they held on and upset one of the form teams of the competition. But, yeah, I think this is a game that Hawthorne, with their form patterns this year, after a couple of bad ones, Sam Mitchell's had the ability to 
to bring them back. So they will win games between now and the end of the season. But Will they, they win this one? I, I, I'm just going to go with Collingwood. I just think I can trust them a bit more at the moment than I can Hawthorne. Okay. I mean, Collingwood aren't going to make any changes more than likely after that Carlton game. Um, I want to pick... I want to show some bravery. Oh, shut up. I'm the only <laughs> brave one on here. You, well, you have just I've been playing. You've been playing, Jane. You've been straight up and down since we got here. Julius Milo's slacks I'm conservative. Of I'm a Catholic. What more can I say? Oh, I'm going to go Collingwood. I'm going to go Collingwood at the MCG. And that's the last game of the round. So what do we do for the rest of the weekend apart from uh, twiddle our thumbs? That's, uh, it's it's the, the last. How's the Carlton, Essendon, the Giants, Port, mm. Richmond, St Kilda, all having a breather. Who needs the break more out of those teams? Carlton, Essendon, GWS, Port, Richmond, St Kilda. They're all kind of interesting teams. Yeah, here. Essendon needs it to conduct their mid-season review oh on what's gone wrong there. A, um, lot, a lot. Let's go through. The Giants, well, they're just trying to get their house in order as well. Yep. Uh, Carlton, I think, I don't think that'll hurt them at all. Just no. to freshen their, their bull up in, in Paddy Cripps and, and maybe make sure Charlie Curnow and Harry Mackay. It's probably coming a good time for them. And they're the team, let's be honest, I mean, that are going to be top four contenders. St Kilda, they're the team that's just snuck under the radar, haven't they? Yeah, they've been building nicely. I think they'd probably like to keep playing. They're, they've been in good form. When you're in that as a team, Momentum. Yeah, you want to keep it rolling. So I think, you know, maybe they would have liked the round 14 by instead. And Richmond. Richmond, uh, probably similar. I mean, yeah, they're... Richmond are a tough one this year. I, I don't know where to put them. Well, I, I think really they're going to go back to their position before they became an AFL powerhouse as ninthman. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to be just missing. Man. I think they're just going to be missing. I, and look, they're they're good players are still elite. I mean, as you know, Shea Bolton, my favourite, Dusty's what he is. I, they should have beaten Sydney. They beat Sydney. Their whole maybe back half of the year looks a bit different, but they're they're still a very very good side and. Put it this way, if they get into the, the finals, I don't think they can win the flag, but they are still an awesome side on their day. All right, that's it. Uh, what's the what's the match of the round out of out of those? I think it's out of uh, Brisbane Frio, uh, the Friday night match, Bulldogs Geelong, and Melbourne Sydney's worth a, a look as well. So there's three really good ones. I think I think Fremantle and Brisbane deserves pretty much the top billing, given what we think about Brisbane and how they've played for most of the year. Fremantle, you can't come off any. Much more of a high than defeating the running premiers. No. So, uh, look, that that to me is the, the number one, although it's been buried at 3.20 on a Sunday afternoon. And there you have it. There's the tips. There's the preview for round 12 here on the Shelter Footy Cast. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. A little bit slow on the button there. I like that. Now, let's get into this. This is uh, something that I really enjoyed last week. A bit of a, you know, pardon the interruption, a bit of uh, a bit of back and forth on a few issues in the AFL going around this week. Um, you'll take... A yes or no, affirmative or negative on one, and I'll try and beat you on the other. Fremantle, here's the first one. Fremantle should pursue Taylor Walker in the trade period. No, it's a pretty strong no from me. I, I don't see... I mean, short-term, the, the sugar fix, perhaps. But are they talking to, to win a flag with Taylor Walker? If that's what they're thinking, I think that's the, the wrong mentality. I think you've got to keep developing, as they have. They've got Jai Amos, who is far from a Taylor Walker and might be years away from even becoming a regular big-game player. But he's waiting in the wings. They've got Taberner still there. They've still got Josh Tracy, who you just said is a forward to be reckoned with in the next two or three years. I think Taylor Walker, 32 years of age or thereabouts, playing good footy, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be bending over backwards to get text to I, Perth. I know I spoke about it earlier in the podcast, but I was just putting the positive spin on for Fremantle Dockers. Taylor Walker, imagine him running around in purple, put him at centre-half forward, put him at full forward alongside Tabner. 
Tabernas screaming out for someone to take the best defender off him. Now, Rory Lobb's putting together a great season. You can't deny that. But he's gone at the end of this year, Freo Dockers. I reckon he's straight out of the, out of the door, no matter how well you go. Josh Tracy, yes, he's a good developing forward, but he's not quite there yet. They don't have anyone else. Uh, this kid from East Perth, who's just been picked up in the mid-season draft. Seb Quick. He ain't, he ain't stepping up anytime soon. You're going to have to go and find someone. And Taylor Walker's right at the top of that tree. And I think he's the man. He's the talent of his career, though, isn't he? Yeah, but that's okay. Fremantle are back in the window. The Frio doctor is flowing through the premiership window very fast at the moment. And it's time. Add someone. And Taylor Walker's your man. It just doesn't fit in with the process or, or the plan that we've seen over the past three or four years, which is draft, bring in youth, develop. And you're saying use this as the final piece in the puzzle almost to to give them that forward line structure which will turn them into a team that sometimes kicks four or five goals a game or six or seven goals a game to you know double figures every week. Backline tick, midfield tick, forward line got a question mark. You got to find someone and True. Taylor Walker's up the top. Hey late, don't let me No, no, no you, I'm saying no. Okay, good. Uh, West Coast should here's number 2. West Coast should start throwing the magnets around to see what they have got. When I say when you say throwing the magnets around, I say yes, in part, because what we need to see a little bit more, during the pre-season, we saw Tom Barris play as a forward for a couple of matches. Now, we're not to say that he's going to be a a change in in the fortunes for West Coast because they haven't had inside 50 entries, but I think fans and most people would like to see if there's anything that can be done with the current group, and we're not talking about pushing Josh Kennedy from full forward to full back, but is it Tom Barris? Can he go forward? Can he play as a as an attacking player. Greg Clark, I saw on the wing on the weekend, I thought he was recruited as an inside mid. I mean, just a couple of things. Now, I just wonder whether, A, they don't have the flexibility to, to do that. I'd like to see, and I think fans would like to see, just try a couple more things than what are being put on the table at the moment. I I, I disagree. I think I think it's nuffy talk saying throw the magnets around. No, I've, no. I've, I've heard Jack Darling into the midfield. You've heard that too. I've heard Josh Kennedy into the ruck. I've heard uh, Tom Barras into the forward line. You might want to say that, but he is not a forward. He is a key back. You play blokes where they play. You play them in their positions. Maybe some young blokes you can throw around. I'll, I'll take that on board. But people want to see drastic changes at West Coast, and, and their solution is to throw the magnets around and try blokes in different positions, see if blokes can play elsewhere. You spend long enough in preseason as a player you know where you're going to play. And, and and throwing those around, it completely throws you out. I would say West Coast would be a worse team if they, if they started doing that. I think the last thing in the world they need to do is start throwing magnets around on the board. Yeah, and the players you mentioned, I, I, look, I'm trying to disagree with you here, but I, those players, a Shannon Hearn, a Josh Putting, Kennedy... Let's put Shannon Hearn forward. Like, I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, come on. I mean, there's Josh Kennedy to the back line. If, if Josh Kennedy played in the back line... I would. It would be someone would kick twenty goals. So, someone would, and it'd be Josh Kennedy's opponent. <laughs> well, his opponent kicked two on him last week, didn't he? <laughs> he was playing in the forward line. <laughs> there you go. That's Look, I, I get, I'm, my point is yes. Just change it up a fraction. Not saying we have to throw the magnets because, quite frankly, they don't have the the stock or the talent um, to, to be so. Imaginative, I don't think. It sounds like they don't have the knackers. All right, uh, last one, Fifey. Nathan Fife should play in the waffle this week and not the AFL. Far be it from me to disagree with Wayne Carey and someone like yourself, but what is the issue with him playing 50, 60 minutes 
90 minutes. 90 in, minutes. In, in, the, in the waffle. I mean, it's good enough for Dom Shee, good enough for Elliot Yo. It's been good enough for Nick Nat Nui. Why, why is there such a uh, protective seal around Nat Fife, according to some? Well, what's the difference between him playing 90 minutes in the waffle and 90 minutes at AFL? My point is, if he's if this is going to help him in his uh, fitness levels to get back to, I mean, you know what it's like. You can play match sim or have match sim for two or three weeks, three or four weeks, but surely getting some time out in the middle against opposition, if he's bad, it's a back injury. It's not like he's coming off a, a hammy or a calf or a. Uh, this is a, a back surgery. I'll tell you why Wayne Carey comes out and says it because Wayne Carey sees Nat Fife in himself. He's the big dog. He's the king. He's the captain. He's a two-time Brownlow medalist. You don't put your Ferrari out in the farm paddock towing around trailers. So, so what are the Eagles? Mucking up the cow shit. So why have the Eagles done it? Because... What, this year? With Sheed and Yo? They've done it with Sheed, Yo, they've done it with... Because they're losing, Skeet. Because they are losing. They're a terrible team. There's what Rushing back into a shocking team? Absolutely not. Nat Fife comes back into Frio, into the AFL team, because they're winning. But why do you rush rush him into a side that is already playing good football? And I would have thought that's a luxury you have to make sure he is at the top of his game when he returns, as opposed to... Well, you know, the argument... Now, I'm not sure if you agree with this. To put Nat Fife back in the AFL side and play him just as a forward for 50, 60 minutes. Now we're talking, Skate. That's exactly what I wanted to see. There's blokes on that list playing 50 or 60 minutes now. David Mundy played that sort of time. Will Brody's been struggling. You're not going to play him as a midfielder because he takes Will Brody out of there, who's in their top three and the best and fairest what, right now. Why, why won't you play in the midfield when he comes back? Put him in the fort because they're, they're too good in there. Who are you going to drop? You're going to drop Sarong, you Will Brody. You don't have to drop someone. You're just a rotation. You drop him out of the midfield. Will Brody goes and plays at forward pocket if Nat Five plays in the midfield. You can't tell me that's a good move for the Freo Dockers. Surely Nat Five plays a bit forward and a bit of the midfield. That's Anyway, when he comes back, look. I can't be, believe he's playing in the waffle. Let's be honest. It's only going to be one game. I can't believe he's playing in the waffle. Why? I just can't believe it. He's the king, mate. Just get him get him out in the AFL. You and I will call that game, though, on Channel 7. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Shelter Footycast, they've taken over 6PR on Sports Day. We've been doing that this week. Taking over Channel 7. We might just put a bit of product placement on Channel 7 there, I think. I'll tell you what. It'll be... Uh, I had to do the opener for that uh, waffle, and I did mention that uh, every mark... Every kick, every move he makes, we'll be watching Fifey. Okay, I've got two. Uh, <laughs> every move you make. All right, so um, fan questions. We've got two of them. Let's get through them quickly because we're going to wrap this up. Gordo the Lordo. We appreciate it, Gordo. G'day, boys. You like that, Skeeter? Yeah. Good pod. Good to hear you back on the pod wave, Skeeter. Very good. Yeah, that's no, good. Always hearing rumbles of bad leadership tri- trickling down at the West Coast Eagles over the last 18 months. Is there something systematically wrong at the Eagles or – is what's happening a result of a series of unfortunate events or both? Appreciate your insights, Gordo the Lordo. Well, given your contacts at the club more so than I, I, look, I, I would suggest that losing brings out every possible rumour, every possible piece of scuttlebutt there is. And we know that because when you're winning, you just don't hear these types of discussions yeah, or yeah. accusations. Well, winning fixes everything and, and sometimes it does patch over cracks. If there is cracks appearing and then when you start losing, they start opening up. Look, I, I think it's been, to answer the question, I think it's been a culmination of a lot of events. Some list management, some leadership, uh, some injury, COVID, the Jack Darling situation. Um, they've, they've, they've had a lot of different Items come up. Brad Shepard pre-season having to retire. Yep, you've had people retire. You know, even Daniel Venables, that sort of stuff. They were chasing the flag, you know, trade stuff around Tim Kelly and others. They don't have the youth coming back in. You don't play your younger players as much while you're trying to win games of football. 
Uh, Frio Dockers and West Coast finished first and second in 2015. Since that moment, Frio don't play finals. West Coast uh, make a grand final in 15, win one in 18, continue to chase, and now they are where they are. That's just how footy goes. You can't be good all the time. That's it. I don't want to hear any more from you, Skate. James from Mount Hawthorne, Eagles coach is the subject. Hi, Scoey and Skeeter. If the Eagles keep playing like this, is there... Any possibility we keep Simo as a coach? How do we navigate the soft cap if we part ways? Well, he's contracted until 2024. Yeah, he's got a big ter- long-term deal. Yeah, look, I don't, I'm not jumping into that just yet, no. I, look, I think at the end of next year, if there's not some sharp improvement, and presumably with a fitter list and, and things working out better for the club, I think at the end of next year, if, if they're... If they're in wooden spoon territory again, there's yes. going to be a lot of heat, and justifiably so. But I think, and everyone says, oh, he's had a, won a premiership, so therefore he's untouchable. No, not, not at all. I think he deserves scrutiny for, for the team's performance at the moment. But you've also got to look at what's available. I think you have to be realistic. And I think most footy supporters will agree that uh, with a, a full list, but also a, a rebuild of sorts, West Coast can turn things around a bit quicker than some are saying five, six years. I'm not buying that. No, neither am I. I've been really impressed with Adam Simpson's, uh, I think, strong leadership in the media over the, probably the last month. He's under a lot of pressure. The, the club's not playing well and he's the front man and he hasn't really wavered from his messaging. It hasn't been an up and down messaging. They're not doing too much different. We're going to keep the process going. That's what you need when you're not going well. You need clarity. You need someone strong at the front and that's what Adam Simpson's doing. I think he's fine in terms of job security. That's it. Done and dusted for the Shelter footy cast. Um, a bit of a reminder, we need your footy stories from the country leagues and the regional leagues. Keep your eyes open over the weekend for some of those. You can submit them via our socials, which is Shelter Footy Cast. There's a link at the top of that page. You can find us over at Backchat. There's a link in the top of that page as well. Or you can jump directly onto the Shelter website and find it through their link. You go on the homepage, through Beers, through Shelter Footycast, and there's a form there for you. Um, find us on YouTube. If you haven't watched us, if you haven't listened to us, you can follow us all over podcast land. There's an event down at the Wembley Hotel. Shelter uh, are releasing their Switchback IPL launch. I'm going to say that 20 times once I've had 10 of them down there at the Wembley Hotel. You won't see Skate there. You'll see me, but I'll have your credit card, Skate. So it'll be beers on the house. <laughs> Very nice, of course. Uh, Torres Butchers, the meat raffle. Friday night footy, the Bulldogs, the Cats, a free entry. And, of course, uh, yeah, we want you to get down there and support what's a magnificent product. Very good. See you next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.